starting off at the 12th spot, the team that I think will be relegated are none other than St. Johnson. Now, I know some people might be surprised that I'm putting St. Johnson there, but for me, it was actually the easiest one to pick out the entire 12. And the main reason that they are rock bottom of the league is the one that you may have heard me say before. No Tommy Wright, no St. Johnson. What does that guy know? Welcome to episode 10 of Dogger Saints, an unofficial St. Johnson podcast. Chat to Ailey Barber about St. Johnson, Scotland, and soulless stadiums. The club shop of Shane opens its doors to homemade fashion. And which ex player enjoys festive train rides and trampolines? Find out that and a whole lot more. We are back. It's episode 10 of Dogger Saints, an unofficial St. Johnson podcast. And for the 10th time, I would love to welcome Blackpool's finest and Pete from Gogglebox's sound alike is Danny Williams. How we doing, Sam? Don't let my mum hear you say that, by the way. Why? Is she not like Gogglebox? No, she loves Gogglebox, but when someone else pointed this out, she was like, he sounds nothing, he sounds nothing like him. <laughs> You're both from Blackpool. You've got that in common. Well, that's it. I think he's a good North Shore boy as well. You can always tell them, them South Shore a lot. You can spot them a mile off. But we've made it. It's episode 10. We've made it. We've just about made it because it's been an inauspicious start. We've been trying to start this recording for about 40 minutes now. What happened, Dan? Tell everyone. So I managed to... We're having a bit of trouble with the sound, first of all. And then in trying to sort of fiddle about with equipment, I managed to knock a full pint of Vimtol all over my sort of kitchen front room. So that was fun. But, you know, at least it wasn't the fizzy stuff. It was a proper Vimtol. And now my whole flat smells of Vimtol, which is actually quite pleasant. So it falls <laughs> well at end. <laughs> Indeed it does. It's been a busy old week, Dan, hasn't it, at Dogger HQ? It has been a busy old week, yeah. We've been, uh, we got the merch out. People have really got behind it. Uh, so massive thanks to everyone. And I'll apologise to anybody that was hoping to get myself or Dan turn up at your door. And it was a woman in her 60s. So big shout out to my mum, Sandra, this week, who did a massive bunch of deliveries. She's been off this week, Dan, and she wanted to be involved and she wanted to help one way or another. So she did a, a lot of the delivery runs for us this week. So good yeah, work, ma Sandra. Massive thanks to Sandra. Big help to us. And I don't think anyone will be that disappointed. You know, you're better off. Better than either of our mugs turning up with mugs. <laughs> but yeah, it's been absolutely incredible response. I think on last count, uh, going to recording, we've got six left. That is it. Out the candle, I think we've got nine sets of them left and six mugs, and then that is that's it. We're all done. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. But what we're going uh, what we're going to do is we don't want anybody missing out, so we're going to put in another order. It'll be a couple of weeks certainly, but we'll let you know when we're going to do another wee run. But it'll be a very limited run and it'll be a first come first serve basis so we'll let you know when they'll be available but again thank you to everybody that's um, received a mug or place in order and you've received it and i hope you enjoy a number of hot or cold beverages from it oh you can put anything in there hey tea coffee hot chocolate i'd advise you know it's a delicious drink but i've i've discovered vimto's with danger so you know your hot vimto may maybe maybe not so there's no game this week dan but we'll we'll do a couple of follow-ups uh, from previous episodes and the first one i want to point out is is actually mug related an alistair Dur from edinburgh got in touch with me placed an order for mug and told me it was his son that asked the and it was his son that asked this following question do you have any superstitions and what's your favorite dinosaur 
Yeah, so uh, Freddie Dewar was the asker of that important journalistic question which we've managed to adopt, so thanks. That gives it some clarification. And do you want to know what his favourite dinosaur is, Dan? I would like to know what Freddie's uh, favourite dinosaur is. It's the same as mine, probably. It's Velociraptor. Are you on Vel- yeah, you're on Velociraptor at the minute. Ah, a, a good option, a good pick there from Freddie. Uh, good cricket name as well. Well done to the boy. Well done to Alistair for that. I have to tell you this on a weekly basis, Dan. This is St. Johnson podcast, not Man United or cricket. But we'll. Uh... I'm I'm I, I'm infiltrating from the inside. This was my plan all along. <laughs> I know, I know your game, son. We've had a follow up. We'll now have a clarification. But Alan Preston has been back in touch with us in relation to our interview with Philip Scott last week. Now, if you've not heard it, Philip Scott said this basically. Alan, tell you his nickname at all? No. Biscuits. Aye. Do you, know, do you know why he's called that? I reckon it's crumbles in the box. That's exactly what it is. Yeah! <laughs> I fucking told you it was, Sam. Well, he... Go, goes to pieces in the box. I think that came, that came from Dungeon United, I think. He always made it plain that it was because of... That he always used to get biscuits when he went to Yogi Hughes' house. But is that total bollocks to take it? Yeah. It must be. We, as soon as he came over from Dungeon United, but when he, he came 94, 95, I think he signed, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think John O'Neill was already there. We had Gary McGuinness there, and obviously Loggy was there. So they um they told us exactly why he was named Biscuits. <laughs> and obviously, it's not a positive thing. So he's probably um made up some shit just to get over it. So Fizzy says, yeah, the nickname came from the fact that he crumbles in the box. That was fairly plausible, Dan. It, it seemed like it. I was. I certainly was pretty because that's what I thought it was. Well, you're wrong. Philip Scott is wrong. Alan Preston messaged back uh, through Twitter and he said, I'll read it out word for word. Uh, I listened back to the, your podcast with Fizzy and unless I was at Dundee United when I was five years old, as that's when I got my nickname, and then I played boys club football starting at seven and everyone used to call me it then, then I'm afraid we Fizzy is wrong. I've been known as that since primary. My mum used to go mental. She said it's not what I was christened. Yeah, I think we'll just take a backward step at this point. Let, let them two argue it out. We'll get them both on, same time. We'll do a, Watson, we'll do a, a special one-hour interview on the origins of Biscuit's nickname. There we go, that was up. So we'll have to offer our apologies to, to Alan Biscuit's Preston for incorrectly broadcasting false information. We, all the information we put out in this podcast, as you know, is factually accurate. In good faith. <laughs> that, that's probably we did it in good faith indeed now our last follow up we said a couple of weeks ago we did our Saints story and it was on the woman who decided to knit at the Scottish Cup final because of superstition and then she ended up knitting all the way through the League Cup final at home as well just because she was used to doing it they won the Scottish Cup and then went on to win the League Cup so she carried on knitting the whole way through both of their matches and we sent a wee rallying cry out to find out if we could find out what she was knitting he's got back in touch Dan yeah so this story came to us initially from uh, Andy McDuff and he's forwarded on another message a follow up to this from his sister Meg uh, the knitting lady as she'll as we'll just <laughs> refer to her Meg said a new claim to fame uh, she knitted a baby shawl for the cup in 2014 very nice and I know yeah and an adult jumper for the league cup uh, she said she nearly finished the jumper during the semi-final so this is some dedication to the superstition. Um, so ripped back her sleeve so she could re-knit it during the final. <laughs> she was going too quickly. I, well, you know, so the last uh, the last sort of sign-off for Meg, was she was pretty sure I was about the same point knitting the sleeve when Rooney scored his goals in the semi-final and the final. There we go. A jumper and a baby shawl. That clears that one up. We can put that one to bed. But that was our that was our uh, fun feature follow ups, clarifications, and corrections. A packed section this week, Dan. It was, but it didn't look like it was mainly follow ups, which is a good sign because it means we didn't get too much wrong. 
Or we do, but nobody's pointed it out to us. Ah, true enough. But we'll live in blissful ignorance. Let's do that. So there's been no game, as I've said, but we do have some St. Johnson news to come out of McDermott this week. There's that Liam Craig has signed a new one-year extension onto his contract. That's great news. Uh, fantastic news. Really is. What a player. What what form he's in as well. You know, as we said when we were talking about him a couple of weeks ago, he could. It, it's just a year at this stage, which is fine for a, a man of his vintage. But fit enough, he's playing, certainly playing well enough. You know, it could be, you know, it might not be the last year. You never know. But great. It's great news. Uh, he's a great option to have. And it should, barring, you know, any bad injury or bad COVID again or something. It should see Liam overtake Stephen Anderson as the club's all-time appearance maker. Um, we talked about that a few weeks ago, if he would manage it. It's very, very likely he will. And we've got some breaking exclusive news for you, Dan. Do you want to know? I would like to know, Sam. I don't think you know this, but we have got confirmation that next week's special guest is the man himself. Liam Craig's going to be coming on the Dogger Saints podcast. Oh, fantastic. That's tremendous news. I'm really looking forward to that now. Uh, I mean, he's not from the 90s, but, you know, what, what are you going to do? He lived through the 90s. We can do a lot of talking about that. <laughs> can do. <laughs> He probably had a Tamagotchi. <laughs> we'll replace the dinosaur question as what is your favourite moment of the 90s? But yeah, well done to Liam Craig. Thoroughly deserved. He was in the SPFL team of the week as well off the back of his performances. Still scoring goals. The guy's, the guy's great and he's great around the team and I can't see when he hangs up his playing boots. Is there different types of boots? <laughs> have you got coaching boots? He might have training boots. There you go. But when he stops playing, I can certainly see him getting on getting on the kind of coaching role. I think he's doing some stuff at the moment with the, the players that are out on loan. I think he looks yes. after them, I think, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he's a tremendous guy to have around. I mean, this is all stuff we'll talk about next week, I'm sure. But, I mean, you look at him, even just beyond his playing, like you say, the stuff he's doing with the guys that are out on loan. And, you know, he's done his coaching badges. Callum Davison's talked him up in his credentials in coaching and management this week. And obviously he's worked with PFA Scotland as the, uh, I think he's the chairman. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. So I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about with Liam next week and uh, very much looking forward to that. Indeed, indeed. Moving on from local talent to international talent. Caps this week for David Witherspoon and Ali McCann uh, for Canada and Northern Ireland, respectively. We go on about the, some players not getting capped for their country, but... We can't overlook the fact there is international players in our team actively playing in international football. Yes, there is. And uh, Ali, very well done to him. Uh, got a start against Italy, which is an incredible fillet for the boy. So, I mean, that's wonderful. And again, I've seen a few comments this week about Ali, Ali McCann slipping through uh, slipping through the net with Scotland a bit, but that's very much by the by. Four or five caps now, I think, yep. for Northern Ireland. So... Yeah, he's obviously someone who Ian Barraclough really rates, and rightly so. He's been fantastic for Saints consistently now for two years, and it's it's just rewarding. What I mean, what an experience for him, you know, playing out in Parma against some top quality players. That I know they got beat two nil, uh, and I didn't really actually see much of the game, the Northern Ireland game, because I was watching uh, I was watching Scotland. But he was, by all accounts, did very well. Gave a very good account of himself. So I'm sure we'll see him get some good minutes under his under his belt. Uh, in one or both of those games. Indeed. Well, Ali was off to Italy and our other representative in Europe, David Witherspoon, was only off to Blooming, Florida. So yeah, Canada were playing all their matches in Florida this week. They played Bermuda on Thursday night. They had a match against the Cayman Islands on Sunday night and they've also got another match, I think, midweek. But David Witherspoon came off the bench in the 5-1 opening match 
Oh, could have got a goal. Could have got a goal. Yeah, he was uh, good looking not to get on the score sheet. Again, he looked quite quite lively from what I've seen. I will admit to having not watched the entire match, but uh, from what I saw of him when he came on, he looked pretty lively. So yeah, so that's great. More more players out there getting international experience. Um, and I'll be honest with you, who wouldn't want a week in Florida at the minute? What an away trip that would be. Fuck you, COVID. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, we could could have probably done it. The Americans haven't exactly been entirely on the ball. That's true. What an away trip Florida would be, eh? Orlando away. I think they played the opening game in Orlando, so yeah, a day out at Disney, get the big dog or Saints flag hung up on the Magic Kingdom, have a right tear-up. We have a right tear-up. It's our 10th episode, Dan, as we well know, and this is a special number 10 poll. The floor is yours, Dan. Take it away. I have the results of this poll. So, celebrate the 10th episode. We did a poll of who is your favourite modern era number 10. And now, what we mean by that is um, the options we gave you from from when uh, squad numbers came in. So, we asked you, out of four options we gave you, who was your favourite? As ever, not an exhaustive list. Uh, It pretty much was. Oh, I'll add in, I'll intervene slightly. We we ran a poll on Facebook as well, so this is a, a combination of both votes tallied together. So this is the, yes. the results of both Facebook and Twitter combined. Yes. So actually, somehow, we ended up with, I'm going to say a joint third. That's I'm nice. Gonna be, I'm going to be kind, say a joint third. So on 11% of the vote each was Jason Scotland. Good number 10. The man responsible for a large number of Trinidad shirts still being in the <laughs> Perth area, Trinidad and Tobago. Remember he had a single out? Do you remember that? The, the, yeah. the official Scotland Supporters song, and here it is. We can still support Scotland. What? Scotland. Eat. Jason the 2006 World Cup Trinidad and Tobago were in England's group so we needed a team to support who else than St. Johnson's Jason Scotland and maybe he did stuff for Iron Brew and everything the guy was he was the most famous oh, man in the country but he had a single out and yeah that was it it was it was terrific I know definitely not small time behaviour anyway <laughs> no I remember that, I actually remember that game um, when England played Trinidad and Tobago and England hilariously failing to score past Trinidad and Tobago for about 80 odd minutes uh, it was 2-0 until, it finished though didn't it, it was 2-0 in the end. I remember Steven Gerrard scored one off his shin um, from 20-odd yards or whatever. <laughs> but I remember England broke the deadlock because of Peter Crouch. And it was a header. Peter Crouch, who's six foot seven, he's, he's had to get leverage to get up for this header by pulling on some geezer's dreadlocks. <laughs> so, yeah, that was it. England couldn't break down Trinidad and Tobago until Peter Crouch pulled someone's hair. But Jason Scotland was joint third with whom? Whom? Uh, he was joint third with next week's guest, Liam Craig. Oh, that's awkward. Thank God we didn't do this next week. I know, yeah. But you might be thinking, oh, Liam Craig, he, uh, he wears number 26. But this is actually from his first spell at the club and when he wore number 10. So Jazzy Scotland and uh, Liam Craig joint third on 11% of the vote each. And then another Dogger Saints connection in second place. With 19% of the vote, he drinks in the Royal. It's Giorgio Boyle. Yes. A 
cracking number 10. Probably our first squad numbered number 10, I would say. But he was always number 10, I w- even before in the days of pre-squad numbers. He was always number 10. Roddy was nine. Great striker. Obviously, off-field problems. Yeah, he was a great player. He was a lot of people's favourites, and that's what this vote was. Modern era favourite number 10. Did really well. We'd love to get him on as a guest, but under the circumstances of his exit from the club, we're not sure how likely that would be. But he is still a fan's favourite 20 years on. Yeah, absolutely. Still a massive fan's favourite. Still, yeah, he was such a good footballer. I say, got such a good centre forward, your number 10. So, and in fact, number 10's changed a little bit now. I think it's your, your man off the centre forward. But the, the OG number 10, I think you'd say, with uh, from when squad numbers came in. But speaking of the modern number 10, it leads us on to the winner of this vote with a whopping 59% of the vote. That is whopping. It is, it is Canada's <laughs> favourite, David Wotherspoon. Richly deserved. Modern day, as you say, modern day number 10, winning two cups, played the only player to play all 180 minutes of both finals. Perth lad, had a season of his life. What more can you say? He's absolutely fantastic. And as you say, probably touched on a little point there. The season he's had this year um, may have sort of played into people's minds a little bit with his vote. Uh, I think it's what they call recency bias or whatever. But he's, I think he'd probably come out on top anyway, because he's, just been outstanding for Saints, as you say, a real, uh, a real Saints legend with both the cup wins and you know, 300 games for the club now. Top player and a very deserving winner of this. I'm going to call it a high honour <laughs> of the Dogger Saints Twitter poll and Facebook poll. Sorry, sorry, we need uh, we need a catchy name now. Our social media poll. We'll work on that one. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Social media poll excluding excluding Instagram and friends with United. <laughs> When the grounds open back up again, we should go and support these players because we are very much in a golden era for St. Johnston Football Club. Talk about the teams of the late 60s being and the early 70s being the greatest teams going of St. Johnston's history. At the moment, this team tops that and these players deserve us to be there watching them. Very lucky. Very, very lucky at the minute. Uh, St. Johnston fans. Uh, we've got so many. Just go through the team. And, you know, the three lads at the back, Rooney, and then, Phil, you know, you got Liam Craig, Murray Davidson, of course. Uh, Ali McCann, what a player he is. Wotherspoon. And you, the list is endless. And, you know, so we're very, very lucky. And I, for one, I'm very excited the day we get back into the ground. Yeah, here. Do you know who else might want to, to get back into the ground pretty soon? Who would that be, Sam? That'd be our next guest. Oh, please tell me more. Well, our super-duper special guest has taken time out of our massively busy schedule to speak to our favourite podcast hosts. She'll be known to many as a host of the Sky Sports, SPFL and Scotland coverage. She replaced golfing royalty presenter Hazel Orban as the main presenter of the BBC's coverage and cover- also covered the Women's World Cup in 2019 and fronted Amazon Prime Video's English Premier League coverage. She can also be found hosting BBC Final Score, attending matches for BBC Five Live and also at McDermott Park as a fan when it's open. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Dan and I's pleasure to introduce broadcasting powerhouse and St. Johnson supporter, Ellie Barber. Doing you okay? I'm good, thanks. Thank you for having me on. No, thanks for coming on. Thank God I put my Saints top on. Uh, I didn't know if, if you would, you know, tell me off for not coming prepared. Good job. <laughs> Happy top six. Well, exactly. Lots to celebrate this season. It's been um, something special. It's not been a great week in terms of being a year since lockdown. We were talking off air. Uh, I'll, I'll point out one thing, Ellie. We tend to go off-piste quite a bit. <laughs> so we'll be talking about one <laughs> thing, not kind of 
I'll pre-warn you, but we're talking off air that it's been a year since our last gig. I think mine was Embrace and yours was Shed 7, Dan, I'm pretty sure. It was Shed 7, December 2019. Great choice. Great choice. Loved Shed 7 growing up. Well, there we go. That, was, that wasn't even planned. We didn't even know that. But yeah, Shed no. 7 are great. How have you been? Been busy? You've been, one of you the, you've been one of the very fortunate people still getting into games. Yeah, very fortunate still getting into games and very fortunate to still be working um, it's not lost in me at all how difficult this year has been for so many people. And I'm just so lucky that sport is what I do. And it's been one of the very few things in, in entertainment at all that's kept going. And I mean, it's it, I don't know what I would have done without it, um, to be honest. And I don't know how people have have done without work and done without their, their usual routine. And although my routine is very different, it's still a routine. And then, um, yeah, I've just been so fortunate over this last year to have had it. Yeah, uh, just on that, Ailey, do you do you notice the difference from your perspective presenting with the with the fans not being in? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, particularly big games. So we've obviously just had the the old firm at the weekend, and when you go in to to games that you expect to be loud and you expect there to be a buzz. Um, I did the FA Cup semi-finals down at Wembley, obviously the Scotland games at Hamden. These games are the ones where you really, really notice it. And and it's very strange. I mean, we notice it all the time when there's no fans in. Obviously, typical St. Johnston win a trophy for the first time and nobody can go and see it. But um, yeah, it, it's really different. Um, I don't want to say I'm getting used to it because I don't want to get used to it. But you do sort of kind of get into that rhythm and that way. And I think it's going to feel very different again when we get the fans back. But I am looking forward to that so much. Yeah, us too. The, the, the positives we've talked about with it not happening is I've not missed a St. Johnson game this season being because I've watched every single match home and away, which usually wouldn't have been the case because sometimes a Wednesday night up in Ross County isn't always easy to do. But if you can get the live streams on the telly, then that's one of the very, very few positives I can take out of it. But it's no surprise that you're a fan of St. Johnston. It's no secret, I should say, that you're a fan of St. Johnston. Um, when did that kind of, when did that first happen? Was it through your family, through your dad taking you to games? Yeah, it was through my dad. I was always, well, I grew up in Dunkeld and my year at primary school had 27 boys and five girls in it. So there was a lot of sport. There was a lot of football. Um, and I was always brought up in a fairly sporty household. So uh, my brother and I from kids were outside playing games, playing sports, whatever it might have been. And football was obviously the big one. And um, I loved it from very young. And I think I must have been what, 10 or 11 or something like that when I went to my first game. And my dad is from just outside Pitlochry. So St. Johnson was his team. He took me there and, you know, that was it. Yeah. I think wherever you go for your first game, that's got to be it, doesn't it? I think my first game with my family was the Challenge Cup final at Stranraer. It was the, it was just the worst day. That wind was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but but there we go. But we got to Cup final a couple of years later. I presume you were at the League Cup final in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, I was. Um, I was. I think we probably all were behind the goal. Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, scored in. Yeah. Um. Oh, what a day! I mean, Dazovic is probably, probably up there with my favourite top players I've seen in a St. Johnson shirt. You know, we actually had him on the podcast in episodes three or four, and like, we've never been starstruck by anything. we just like, oh my God, it's Nick Dazovic, it's Nick Dazovic, oh my God. And he's the nice, have you ever met uh -huh. him? No, but he actually tweeted me, and I think I've screen grabbed it and still have it in my photos because it was such a big moment. <laughs> get it, yeah, get it printed, get it blown up on the wall and printed up. We've started a campaign to try and get Nick Dazovic in the St. Johnson Hall of Fame, which I think is absolutely deserving considering the goals he scored against Monaco, Rangers in the cup final 
most capped player for the the team. He was like he was the player. He was the guy when he. Yeah, he was the guy. He was big fan of him. But we've got we've got a few... also just really really nice nicest guy in the world. <laughs> just the nicest guy. Yeah, all the time in the world from us. He's like if so, he actually apologized to us at one point for am I taking up too much of your time? We're like no, stay, come over. We'll, 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 we'll literally pay for your flights to come over and go for a beer with us. Great. It was about one in the morning, but. <laughs> Right, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, it was Canada time, so we went. Um, it'll be eight AM oh, my time. Really, oh god, that's about one AM for us. That's fine. That's fine. I'll call in sick at work. Mind. It'll be absolutely all right. That's that whole season was just incredible. And do you know, like so many times, I say so many times, we've been to three <laughs> cup finals in my lifetime, but <laughs> it's always the semi-final that I seem to remember better than the final. Obviously, the first one we lost, maybe that's why. But even against Aberdeen and against Hibs, I remember those semi-finals, and I think those wins have been so significant. And we've done so well in those semi-finals. It's kind of built momentum onto the final. Obviously, we came close against Rangers, but not quite. Um, but yeah, I remember that. I, I went to I went to the semi-final as well, and that's the one I remember. I remember walking out and just that feeling of, oh my goodness, we're going to a final for like the first time ever. And, and I don't remember the final in quite the same way. And it's really strange that because it's exactly the same, 2014. Obviously, I remember the final 2014, but it didn't quite have the same. I didn't quite have the same feeling as I did at the semi-final, and maybe it's just because we've been to so many semi-finals and haven't gone past that little hurdle, that last hurdle um, since '98. Maybe that's why I remember the semi-final against Aberdeen. But I think also everything that happened that season with Aberdeen and the fact that it was Stevie May that scored, all of that kind of made that semi-final so special. And then just the way we played against Hibs. Yeah. Um, for this final was I, I mean I've not watched every game this season um, it's impossible for me to watch no, every course, game this yeah. season but in terms of the highlights I've seen of, of the games we've played that for me was probably the best game we played all season it was it was incredible but no I've said this I'm not outspoken when I say that I preferred the day out for the semi-final in 2014 against Aberdeen at Ibrox compared to the final because I'd been to so many semi-finals and Disappointment, Motherwell, Hibs at Tynecastle, Rangers a couple of times, and then one nil down against Aberdeen at half time. I think even the fans, because there was only about maybe three or four thousand behind that goal, at Ibrox were outnumbered, and yeah, we just didn't expect the win. The, the kind of final though, I, I always had a I had a feeling on my bones, same against Livingston, that we were going to win that day. I think a lot of people felt that. That's why there was such a big turnout. Um, but you were on the pitch. Look at you. Yeah, I know. It was amazing. I was actually doing a the Scottish FA had asked me to do. A whole series of videos from every round of the cup that season and um, sort of behind the scenes speaking to fans and um, speaking to the clubs finding the characters of um, I mean we were all up in Highland League clubs we were all over the country in the early rounds we did everything from the very first round where we were at Bonnie Rig Rose and we found all these incredible people to speak to all the way through and then I kept saying yeah we're gonna do a St Johnson game we're gonna do a St Johnson game they're all no no not yet not this round not this round not this round and then the semi-final they that was the first St Johnson game we did was the semi-final and because they knew I was a supporter they said we'll just do it from your perspective if you don't mind we'll do it from your perspective so I did that whole semi-final with my scarf on sat in the fan in amongst the fans which was the weirdest day at work ever but <laughs> the best day that's the dream um, and I found <laughs> I found a group of my friends from back home who I used to go and watch the games with um, when I was younger I just happened to clock them sitting in the stand I was like I'm gonna go and sit there so they had a spare couple of seats next to them so it was absolutely brilliant. And then the final, obviously, being on the pitch when Dave Mackay lifted that trophy and the ticker tape coming down was, it was just incredible. Yeah, incredible. an absolutely great day. 
Now, you're obviously up and down the country uh, with Sky Sports covering the, the coverage. Rangers have been runaway le- uh, league winners and deservedly so. They've been great. You've covered a couple of games at McDermott. Usually it's against the old firm. Now, obviously you're a model professional, but if Saints score like they did when Rooney scored, and I think the season before when Callum Henry scored against Rangers, do you give it a wee get in off camera? Oh yeah, particularly when it's against Rangers and then I'm right in Boydie's face. Thankfully, there's no cameras on us during the game. So, yeah, you give it the little fist pump when the when the goals go in. But it's really strange working on, apart from that, obviously, that semi-final when I was allowed to be a fan. And you sort of have a disconnect when you're working at a game. It just becomes work, mm-hmm. really. For the, for the actual 90 minutes of the game where nobody, there's no cameras on you, nobody's listening to you, you can get away with sort of being a fan. But the rest of the time, it, it's almost just like it's just a team. It's just a team you're talking about. And you kind of take yourself out of the moment which is actually easier than I thought it would be but um yeah I do I did love um that late equalizer against Rangers last season Stevie May wasn't it right at the end yeah yeah I gave Boyd a little dig <laughs> in the ribs for that one right. <laughs> um oh a question I might ask for Dan do you get pies in that when you're up there do you know Kirsten at McDermott Park big shout out to her she is wonderful brings us food brings us pies brings us tea and coffee well, Dan, Dan is convinced that he once had a chicken and chorizo pie at McDermott, but nobody's been able to clarify if that's the case or not, if they've actually ever had that. Sounds good, It haunts my dreams. Ah, I would love that. <laughs> you know, you're right. <laughs> if, if not... I'm convinced. I'm convinced I had it. I'm, <laughs> but now I'm starting to doubt myself. I think I might have made this up. And it's starting to actually bother me. I hadn't thought about it until I started doing this podcast and we did something about the best parties. I was like, oh, that happened. We cover all the hot burning topics in Scottish football. What's the best pie at McDermott? Absolutely. <laughs> One of my friend's dad was, uh, was a Saints director, and you remember went to Clyde before a game, and um, all they got was a big bowl full of Ringo's, the crisps. That was it. That's all they got. He was devastated. But um, <laughs> now that things are kind of easing a little bit, are you getting out in the golf course? Um, so I'm a member at Glen Eagles, which is technically too far for me to travel so I'm not able to go there but because I live alone I bubbled up with my parents who are still up in Dunkeld so when I go and visit them the golf course is obviously on the doorstep so I have had a couple of rounds in when I've been up there but um, let's just say lockdown's not been good for my game. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a couple of rounds and it's been it's been awful so I'm I'm blaming lockdown. I, I live in Octorada, so it's only about a mile up the road uh, from me, Glen Eagles, which is it's a nice running route, certainly. Mum is at Pitlochry, my dad is at Blue Gowrie, so there's some nice, there are some nice options. Certainly spoiled for choice around this neck of the woods. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This podcast will be going out on Monday evening. Scotland have played a couple of times by then, so. Which Scott McTominay hat trick do you think was better? The one on Thursday? I'm just going to guess. I have to guess what result, how we think we're going to get on. If Scott McTominay scores a hat trick, I'll be, I'll be amazed. That's all I'm saying. But what's happened over the next two games? He got two against Leeds earlier in the season. So. He did. Fair play to him. He did. So, again, we'll, we'll talk briefly about that. You've, you obviously do the Scotland games as well. You covered the Serbia match, which the, the now famous photo of you celebrating with, it was Darren Fletcher, kind of went round the world over. What a moment that was for Scotland and your and everybody that supports men's national yeah it was incredible i mean i did the women's world cup last two summers ago it's like this year last year has not happened two summers ago <laughs> yeah. and to see to see scotland walk out in in a major tournament and um, live and like being there in the stadium was incredible and i have to say i 
I didn't know if I would see the men do that again. Mm -hmm. And that game again, I mean, particularly not just a couple of years later, given where we were at that time, just to, just to see it happen. I mean, I was sitting in a studio in London and it was still, that feeling was incredible. And usually when I watch games on the TV or even if I'm in a studio, like separate from the stadium, I don't get that same feeling. Mm -hmm. And Oh, but it was it was just un- unbelievable, um, and it was so fu- funny watching it with like two absolute Scotland legends of our generation and Darren Fletcher and James McFadden, and the two of them watching penalties was hilarious. And they were they were both adamant that Marshall was saving that last one. They were he's saving this, he's saving this, and I'm going, oh no, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, and that's why we were so. <laughs> going so mental when he saved obviously just because we qualified but just the fact that those two were so adamant that he was saving that penalty um and then what a moment it was just one for you because obviously we've had the two penalty shootouts there was one in the israel game at at hamden and then way in serbia i know obviously the serbia one in the grand scheme of things so much bigger and because it was the one that led to the qualification but for yourself personally was it which was better being in the ground even though there was no one else there for the Israel one or being in the studio with um with Darren and James that's a really tough one um because normally I would always say being at the game but and that I think that Israel one was I mean obviously it was important but I think it gave so much more than just the win I think that it just did something to that group of players that took us through that Serbia game and so for that reason it was vital and in so many ways it was vital but that Serbia one still still wins it for me just and it's it's strange and it just shows how much we miss fans I could have gone to Hamden to watch the League Cup final but the thought of being in an empty Hamden with none of my family or friends there and to then come home to an empty house and watch the highlights by myself on BBC later that night, I just thought, no, I'd, I'd much rather go to my parents, watch it on the telly. And I think that just shows how much football is not just about the team winning, it's about who you're with when you're watching the team win. And also it's about, obviously, the big moments. And Serbia was a massive moment, and it still wins it for me. Being in empty stadiums is... I felt like there were more people around me in that studio because by the time that... Our, so the producer that produced the Scotland games was also the producer at the time for doing the Scottish football coverage. Basically, we turned them Scottish. <laughs> so I had had the most Scottish Englishman in my ear. I had the two boys next to me. And by the time the penalties came, everybody in the gallery, in the studio, the camera, everyone wanted Scotland to win. So I felt like I was surrounded by a lot more people that were wanting the same thing when I was in the studio. When I, Whereas in the empty hand, and it was, it's just, you just feel, it just feels wrong in yeah. a weird way, which is a really long way to answer your question. Yeah. But yeah, Serbia. That Serbia <laughs> one was great though. I must admit, I must have fun. to congratulate you, uh, both of you is actually, uh, Ailey France on that question and Dan for coming up with the best journalistic question we've ever had on this podcast. Usually we resorted <laughs> to asking what people... Where it came from. Usually we resorted to asking people what their favourite dinosaur is, so... Um. Oh, yeah. I'll be back to pies soon enough and... And Coventry City merchandise. Don't worry about that. <laughs> what stadium is obviously all the stadiums are empty. You do plenty for Five Live and uh, games on a Saturday. Is there any stadiums in particular which, without fans, is just soulless? Pretty much all of them. I do a lot of Newcastle games. St James's is a great stadium. It, it's a great stadium for atmosphere. I mean, I think it's maybe a good thing there's no fans in there right now. Um, <laughs> but 
it's a stadium again that you always expect noise mm -hmm. and from the minute you arrive it doesn't matter what time of day you arrive there's fans and there's something going on and there's people and just because it's right in the middle of the city and um, so that's all that's a stadium that i definitely think misses fans and um, like i say all the big games all the big games miss the supporters all the games miss supporters but the way you really feel it is the big games and probably out of all the stadiums i go to for just a sort of you know average saturday game where it might be mid-table or whatever probably newcastle is the one that you notice the biggest difference of the ones that i go to regularly mm -hmm. you two saying what a great stadium it is you've clearly never had to go up to the away end after eight pints <laughs> oh. no i look up i look up at that away end and think my goodness they've done well <laughs> i think last time last time i was in there i think i fell about four rows down when dimitar berbatov very close so big big team reveal but yeah there you go uh what Fulham? Fulham. yeah yeah when he was at Fulham. <laughs> in terms of grounds tyne castles the scottish equivalent of st james's park in terms of atmosphere and just because it's right on top of the pitch tyne castles a great ground I hate to see it tyne castles my favorite away yeah. ground away ground yes <laughs> away yeah it's obviously my favorite i do a bit of research actually it's hard to believe and i listened to a podcast from the stadium announcer at hamden where he went over music and bits and pieces like that and we've got something in common and that is the fact that well i'm a big fan of boy bands a big fan i i hear you may may enjoy the the cheesier side of early late 90s early noughties music is that true i I spend a lot of time driving, particularly at the moment, because we're not getting public transport. And I'm not going to lie, there's a lot of 90s, there's a lot of boy bands, there's a lot of hop classics that are probably near the top of my most recently played on Spotify. I mean, driving music, boy bands, what more do I need to say? Nothing at all. I'll tell you what, Dan, I've never told you, in sixth year at school, the Perth High School, I was in an A1 tribute act called A-1. one. <laughs> Because it was only three of us. See, see what we did there? Because it was four well, and A1. never told me that, mate. A minus one. I seen a photo of it. We all had vests on and my mate had a top knot. It was pretty good. A minus one. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. I went to a boy band thing in uh, the Hydro with the missus and uh, five were there, but there was only three of them. You really got to change your name, you think? Yeah, there was an error in choosing that name if anyone left. <laughs> I did have the best band name ever because it was five, but with the number five instead of an F. Oh, they were down with the kids. I mean, that is classic. They were five bad boys with the power to rock you. They were. Blowing your mind. Because you got to get into You've it. you got to get into it. <laughs> Here we go. This is a duet I never thought would happen on our... <laughs> I'm <laughs> pretending I don't know the lyrics and that my, my sister didn't have Invincible and I didn't used to listen to it. There you go. That's, that, that's actually my party piece. You give me a boy band and I'll tell you the members. I don't know why I know it. 911, Jimmy Lee and Spike. There you go. I don't know why. Again, this is the off-piste bit I, I, I'm mentioning. We're on to talk about St. John's. It wasn't planned. No, not at all. But I know what I'm going to... I'm going for a run after this and I know what I'll be listening to. Callum Davidson's had an absolute... Callum Davidson mm -hmm. on his debut season, you're probably, well, you'll remember him back as a player, now the manager, League Cup winner, we've made the top six. Is he the real deal? Yeah, I think so. Um, I remember when he, well, obviously he was assistant to Tommy, so we've known him for quite a long time, but I remember hearing some of the, the Scotland coaches being really impressed with him when he went in there and did some some coaching there. And he's anybody who's ever done coaching with him or played under him have always privately said that he is such a, a pleasure to to work under and that he's a very, very good coach. And then, you know, Gary Rowett knows many, many people in the game. And I think it spoke a lot that he took Callum with him when he went to Stoke and then took him again to Millwall. And for me, he was the only choice um, to replace Tommy mm -hmm. um, for a lot of reasons. I think as well, when you go in after somebody who's had so much success, there is always the risk that it won't work straight away. And there's 
there's an expectation amongst supporters that although I go into every season still hoping not to be in anything at the bottom and then you realise that it's not going to happen and then you hope for top six. But I think initially that I think St Johnson's expectations have been raised since Tommy and so it was going to be difficult for anyone to go in. I think it was important that somebody went in who the supporters would give the time mm-hmm. um, and the club would give the time and he hasn't needed the time. He needed 11 games really. He had a poor start, no denying it, but he changed the system and he was working with new players and it was, I mean, it's weird playing football right now and a lot of teams have struggled to find their rhythm and but once he found it then... What a season. Um, when you consider we were bottom of the table, what, November or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's incredible. And now I'm just, I have so many people saying to me, oh, you'll be gone in the summer. He'll be gone in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> See, when I saw Alec Neal, I've been sat by a press and I was just like, no, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> I know. But no, I think, I genuinely think he is the real deal. I thought he was the real deal as a player when we saw him play and he was so young. And I mean, I was young watching him, but yeah, that's the first and possibly the most devastated, but definitely the first time I've been devastated about a player leaving. Mm-hmm. And um, there were question marks, would he be the real deal as a player? And he was, he absolutely was. And I think I think the same will be for him as a manager. I genuinely see him being a really, really top manager. I think so. But as Particularly long as you, if he keeps going like this. Yeah, I don't want him to do too well. Just sneak in the top six, just hover around the table so we can keep him a bit longer. <laughs> But no, I think we kind of. Oh, exactly. I think we kind of think we kind of grew up kind of following Saints at the same time. My first heartbreak was Paul Sturrock going to Dundee United. Um, oh God, yeah, that was bad as well. But it was because it was Dundee United too. I mean, it was bad enough he left. Yeah. To go just up the road. <laughs> it didn't work out for him. So happy days. Right, Ellie, we'll finish mm. up. Um, we've got a bit of a this, that, or the next thing. Give you a topic. Want you to give me an answer. Pretty straightforward. Okay. So golf, long game or short game? As in the worst or the best? The best. Uh, what are you best game. at? Long. Music, blue nine one one or five? Five. TV, box sets or movies? Box set. What are you watching? Anything exciting? There's a lot of time in my hands. I'm watching something called This Is Us. Which oh, is yeah, on yeah. Prime. Yep. I'm on season five though, so I'm needing something else soon. I've just started Sons of Anarchy. I'm always like five years too late. I just did Breaking Bad last year. I'm literally like five years behind <laughs> everybody else when it comes to things. That only yeah. fills in the horses. You should give that a go. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> if you're behind though, you, you should get involved in the bridge which is on iPlayer, which is one of my favourite things I've ever seen. It's subtitled, but it's incredible. I've written, yeah. it, I've written it down. Sorry, I digress again. Exercise, strength or cardio? Cardio. Technology, Apple or Android? Apple. Football side, Saints, 1998, 2014 or 2021? Ooh, uh, 1998. We had Philip Scott on last week and he said the 1998 team would, or that period would trounce every other team. The difference yeah, is... Yeah, I actually really enjoyed when they, they had the, they were putting the, um, the old games on BBC Scotland for a while during lockdown and mm-hmm. they put the I mean obviously I don't enjoy it because we lost but they put the um the last game of the season up when Celtic beat us 2-0 to win the title oh, yeah. and I, like even though we lost that game watching that game oh my goodness we were really really good yeah really strong really team good. I remember that we were one down after about a minute I think and Harold Bratback mm. scored in the second half we missed a great chance before Bratback scored as well oh another point I need to bring up we've started a campaign to uh, get the teal and magenta awake it back up and running the classic 96-97 what was your opinion on it weirdly the only player i ever see in my head when i think of that strip is lee jenkinson and i don't know why 100 percent agree <laughs> uh, see if you google teal magenta in google it's it's a picture of lee jenkinson it comes up that's why subconsciously that's probably why but there you go yeah i've no idea like, i've never googled it i just always somehow see lee jenkinson when i think of that strip i wasn't a massive fan controversial, controversial. well that's all right you can, you can say that it won't go in 
we'll, we'll, we'll delete oh, that. No, <laughs> <be beautiful. laughs> I'm quite traditional when it comes to the away kit, so I'm either white or yellow, I, I have to say. It's, it's, it's a, an opinion, the wrong one, but it's an opinion. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where did those colours even come from, uh, though? Is uh, there a story? No. That's part of the beauty of it. No, nobody knows. It appeared for one season, but it's been 25 years uh, next season since, so that was the only reason. But people seem to like it. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a, I'd, I'd rather, I'd prefer the connection of the 25 years with that strip than bringing out the black and red one for Eska Here's the Sport, which I always thought was a little bit random. Do you know what? Even if it just had a wee nod to the teal and magenta, like even had a little kind of purple and green bit around the cuff, like the Scotland top's got the white and the yeah. red, that would be all right. White kit. I'm all over that. That's yep. pretty yeah. good. I do like a white away kit. Yeah, yeah, so, I love a white away kit. Yeah. So, so we'll in fact, the only away kit I have is the one from what was it, 2015 maybe, 2016, where it was just the white with the black trim. The only away yeah, kit I've yeah. ever got. Uh, the invest in Perth. Invest in Perth. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Oh, apart from apart from the tartan one, obviously everyone had that. The greatest kit in the world, obviously. Yeah, that always reminds me of Simon Simon Lappin scoring an absolute beater at Ibrox when we beat them 3 1. Was that in the that was in the cup, wasn't it? Murray Davidson scored, then O'Halloran yeah. ran the full length of the pitch and that was the white and black one. That was a that was a good sorry. Yeah. This, this and that quiz. We'll get to the end, honestly. Three more to go. <laughs> Everyone's favourite. Dinosaur. Velociraptor or T Rex? It's gotta go the T Rex. That's a, a good dinosaur. That's a good dinosaur. I'm not allowed to agree with you though, because I change my answer every week, apparently. Every single week, man. Michael Jubery said T Rex. <laughs> And Kevin Rukovic said T-Rex. Kieran McInespy said Velociraptor. So we've got a good mix. Good mix so far. Vacations. Beach holiday or city break? Right now, beach. Get me on a beach. <laughs> 100% agree with you. Anywhere warm. Preferably not in air or troon. Like preferably somewhere warm and sunny. <laughs> yeah. Stanley Beach. And finally, James McFadden or Chris Boyd? Oh, come on. You can't ask me that. <laughs> no, no I, I didn't expect an answer to that, but it's been a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's she's holding up a bit of paper and it says Chris Boyd. <laughs> Who knew? Oh. <laughs> I'm uh, only, I'm I love joking. both of them. Yeah, exactly. Equally. Well, if you want to tap up yeah. James McFadden as an ex-Saints player to come on, you can tell him that we've been very nice to you. But no, thanks for coming on. It's been great. I know I know you're you're mad busy. Is it London tomorrow for the Scotland game? Yeah, we're down there for all three of them, unfortunately. Oh. Um, which is a bit weird when you're at Hamden for two of them. <laughs> Scotland are playing at Hamden for two of them and I'm in London for three of them. Hmm? Are you flying? No, I'll take the train. Okay. Um, there's no nobody on the trains right now. But there, we do a dual build-up with Northern Ireland, so uh -huh. I have to also work work on my uh, Northern Ireland and Italy prep, but it's fine because it's the Ali McCann show. So, you know, we'll be all good. I've, uh, I've, I've messaged the comments all that Ali McCann only goes by the name of cup winner, Ali McCann. Well, so that, that's anytime all... he mentions in the commentary, he has to say league cup winner, Ali McCann. Perfect. I, th I think it's the, a fitting title for the young man. Ailey, it's been an yeah. absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on and good luck with the Scotland matches over the weekend. And hopefully we'll see you back at McDermott soon. Thank you. Yes. Lovely to chat. Thanks, Thanks again, much. Ellie. Cheers now. Thank you very much, Thank Ellie. You. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. She was great, Dan. Uh, she was fantastic. We do. I was going to say we do spoil the listeners with the guests because they're all, they're all absolutely fantastic, but probably spoil ourselves as well because we get to chat to just genuinely really nice people. So, yeah, we thank Ellie again for coming on and being generous with her time, but we'll, we'll stay on the, the same format of internationals and travel. Do you fancy going on a, a dogger tour? I do, Sam. Where are we going to? We're going to Austria. Austria? <laughs> well then, <laughs> good day, mate. <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Let's not. <laughs> yeah, so Scotland played Austria uh, last week. 
And so we thought we'd take a trip to Austria. We had a look through the, the archives to find a decent Austrian player that played for St. Johnson, and there was only one man that we could talk about this week. Yeah, we are going to talk about, we've mentioned him a couple of times in the passing, but we're going to give him his feature. It's DJ Dino, is Attila Sekirlioglu. What a guy. There's a couple of stories came out recently. I did a bit of research on this one, Dan, and apparently he had his name in the ring for the Tommy Wright's job once he left. <laughs> he applied for the job. Yeah. He, he, well, he did have a bit of a managerial career. It was funny because he joined Saints in 1995. I think he made his debut in December of that year. He'd never played a massive amount of games for somebody who's so well remembered by the fans of the club. Yeah. I mean, over the course of three seasons or so, uh, 65 starts, nine goals. I mean, he had a very storied career in Austria with uh, with Austria Vienna, uh, three league titles, three Austrian cups. So he's he came with um, obviously a real reputation, Austrian football behind him, and he's so well remembered. But I think even though he maybe didn't play an awful lot of games, it's probably more just the character he was. I mean, you can see him now there. You know, he had the flowing locks and and the yellow boots and all that. You know, coloured boots were a bit of a rarity in them days anyway. But I think it's more, and this has sort of carried on since his retirement. It's more the sort of just the character he was. So a big character, really big presence about him. And that is the sort of stuff that does get remembered by fans. I've still got a football in my loft because every Christmas he used to, I think the last game before Christmas, he'd come out on the pitch after the game, dress as Santa and kick balls into the East Stand, which is ridiculous for a modern day football player. It's, well, it's little things like that, isn't it? And that's why I only got remembered. You know, you got little things like that, obviously now he's DJing, but as we've talked about before, the fact he just used to go and go and watch the Moncrief Arms play Sunday League and then actually turned out for him once. <laughs> A real character, stuff that you'd never... It's only 20-odd years ago, but stuff that just wouldn't wouldn't happen now. But he, he still, like every single person we speak to, ha, holds the club in high regard, still keeps in touch with the fans. He always wishes St. Johnson the best of luck before big matches. He wished Scotland good luck before the match with Austria on Thursday. He's just an all-round good guy. A bit eccentric, certainly, but a, a nice guy. I think that's a very good way of putting it. A very a very pleasant eccentric. Well, the Perth men deservedly took the lead in the 71st minute. Callum Davidson's free kick. And Attila Sikorioglu makes it 1-0. You could find the net. Nine goals isn't a bad return from six-yard games from midfield. So, yeah, he obviously likes to get forward and could play a bit of football. Good with a ball at his feet. So it's a, it was a, re- a really good return, and as you say, it's just the perfect sort of the perfect sort of storm, you know, ability and character. And I think I remember him coming over a couple of years ago. It would have been sometime around Christmas. He was he was coming over to watch a game, and I just seen some memory on like on Twitter or whatever. And he was just going, he was just going big on it for for weeks about the fact he was coming over. He was so excited. It's good. So, it's as good. you say. Another one who holds St. Johnston very dear to him. And one that's made our list for a doggers on tour that wasn't genuinely dreadful. It's an absolute rarity. But We've that... come a long way since Peter Fear. Speaking of which, Dan, it's time for Saint Stories. And this story we are calling... Yes, fantastic expectations, amazing revelations. The lyrics of COVID-denying lunatic Ian Brown. <laughs> However, I've got an amazing revelation for you here. Um, this is our Saints story for this week. Uh, it's coming from Kev Stewart, and he's given us a good story before us, Kev. But this one, as you might have guessed, involves Peter Fear. So the story goes that Kev was asked to take a, a company car to go to the airport to pick up Peter Fear's girlfriend. Now, that's the first bit I've got in here, is that Peter Fear, who, you know, was a very seldom seen character, still had the time to um, for his girlfriend to make a trip during those sort of four games he played for Saints. But there we go. 
anyway, so he said he didn't Kev said he didn't need to be asked twice. Off he went, came back to McDermott and was greeted by Roddy Grant. Now, we all know what Roddy's like. And the first thing he asks is, does she speak English? Kev tells Roddy, no, she doesn't. No, she doesn't speak great English. Roddy walks to the top of the stairs, then immediately following this, and shouts, Pete, that's your bint here. <laughs> great use of the word bint. Good use of the word bint. And neither of them would have had an absolute clue what was going on. Wouldn't have had a Scooby. No, absolutely not a Scooby-Doo. So, I mean, it ties in a lot. with We've heard over the last couple of weeks quite a lot of stories about the dressing room from that era. So, yeah, that sort of all ties in. That makes a fair bit of sense that that happened. But we're now learning a little bit more about the man. He had a girlfriend. We are learning bit by bit. We are learning more about Peter Fear. Now, I'm not going to start another campaign to try and get Peter Fear in the show because I think we've got enough campaigns running. Pete, are you listening? How about it? Give us a shout. Give us a shout. Why don't you get there? <laughs> We're trying to make a catchphrase. <laughs> we, we don't know if that'll be the one. I want to go with, we do love the 90s. We do love the 90s, indeed. Um, I've, I've probably stolen get there from somewhere. So unless we want to get sued, we might not go with that. But get it is inevitable that I've heard it somewhere and I've stolen it. Get there, please. <laughs> the metal shutters have come up. The door has been unlocked and it's been swung open. The club shop of shame is open for orders. And once again, we have got a shelf full of garbage, basically. Uh, this might be my favourite week so far. We have got some absolutely incredible paraphernalia <laughs> kicking about here. And none of it involves Coventry City this week. We don't have no Cov. We're giving them a, we're giving them a week off. But you just watch yourselves, Cov, because we'll be out to get you the minute you fuck up again. <laughs> what is first to get scanned through the self-service till this week? <laughs> You're happy with that intro, mate. You're happy with that segment. I'm not I'm not really, but we'll go with it. We'll go with it. We'll go with it. Right. First thing we've got. This is oh, this is absolutely incredible for so many reasons. But right, there's a bit of a phenomena out there of people making trousers out of scarves. That out of football scarves. Why? I have no idea. It's it's a question I cannot answer. <laughs> But we can delve into it. So I think these this particular effort has popped up on eBay. And this is a pair of um, trousers made out of scarves. Scarves dedicated to Manchester United winger Daniel James. <laughs> he's, not even a, he's not even near their best player. No, no, he's not. And I just honestly, absolutely incredible. I mean, I seen these scarves millions of times like with players faces on them and stuff like that and yeah you do you do sort of question who's buying them but there's your question who's buying them that's one that's a whole different matter to who's buying them and then making scarves out of them <laughs> uh, making trousers out of them sorry honest to god and here's the absolute clincher so you've got these you know red and white scarves red white and black scarves with Danny James's smiling face <laughs> on them fair enough so there's about four or five of them in there you know how much you can own these trousers for, Sam? <sighs> 30 quid. Higher? 70 pounds. Double that. 140 pounds. Get to... F no way. Wait. Absolute way. 140 <laughs> quid. I've got trousers from Reese that cost about half of that. 140 quid to look like a total twat. <laughs> I've not seen... I've, I've not seen these yet either. I've not seen them. Can you pop send them through? Have you me? not seen... I'm going to forward them onto you. Let's have a look here. 
Oh. But th that's an absolute shambles. It's a farce. I wouldn't mind. His face is upside down. They've done the, the they've done the uh, trousers with, the, with his face like around the what I could all have described as the crotchal area upside down. And all they've seemed to have done is cut the frilly bits off the bottom. You can see how many it's two scarves for each leg, pretty much sewn into a loop. And the trainers in the picture isn't great either. Do you know? Oh no, they're oh they're bogging. But anyway. Do you know what I've just sort of noticed about this? Go on. All right, and this really shouldn't be the height of my concerns, but I know sort of trousers that are a bit shorter on the leg are in, in vogue now. You yeah. know, so jeans and trousers and tracky bottoms that sort of come above the ankle. I know they're, they're the fashion now. In my day, three-quarter lengths were worthy of a slagging. Ah, they were, because you look like you wanted to be, uh, you know, the bass player in Limp Biscuit or something. But <laughs> are they long shorts or are they short trousers? Pick, pick a side, mate. Pick a side. Get off, you know, piss or get off the pot. Anyway, so these, the frilly bits have been cut off, which has left these short. Call me a cynic. I don't think that the intention was for these to be fashionably short. <laughs> there is nothing fashionable about these in the slightest. But good use of old scarves, though. So. Good use of old scarves, but to be fair, Danny James has only been at United for two seasons. I don't think they're old scarves. But 140. How, how is it a good use of old scarves, by the way? <laughs> Have you never watched the Great British Sewing Bee? They can turn any oh. old shit into fashion. Good for them. This isn't fashion. <laughs> and I know fashion. <laughs> and I know football. And this is some very bad football fashion. Let's move away from the world of football to, to one of your beloved interests, cricket. Are we talk about cricket? To an extent. There was a product which popped up this week which you were very excited to talk about. <laughs> I was very excited to talk about this. Now, some of you might know... Um, Australian cricket, Shane Warne. I'm my best best cricketers of all time. What a bowler. Was he not shagging Liz Hurley for a bit? Yeah, uh, yeah, he was an absolute top shagger. I think he was engaged to Hurley. Anyway, <laughs> Shane Warne with a, a bleached blonde hat. And you know, he was a bit of a he was a bit of a character, I think you'd say. He wasn't exactly a fitness fanatic. Yeah, you know, enjoyed enjoyed his beer, enjoyed his ciggies, um, enjoyed a lot of other interests, mainly any female with a pulse. Allegedly. But no, it's not even allegedly. <laughs> you ever seen when he got caught on when he got caught on a CCTV camera? He's on a tour of England, got caught on a hotel CCTV with two scantily clad. He's there in his in his bockies with two scantily scantily clad young women and a massive inflatable cock. <laughs> anyway, we digress. We digress. This isn't you know, and um, that isn't the merch, by the way. So, in honour of four twenty day in Australia. For those of you who know what 420 is. I don't. What is it? 420 is enjoying some jazz cigarettes. Is it a drug day? It is a drug thing, yeah. Okay. It's 420, it means smoking pot. Anyway, a bong was created in the image of Shane Warne. Now, we know this isn't football, football related. And this section has never been Saints related. We know this isn't football related. But this is just absolutely incredible. So it's warning. Or an image of Shane Warne. Peroxide blonde hair. Pair of Oakleys on, fag hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> it is. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But it's, it's a bong. Yeah, not much more you can say about that. It, it needs to be seen to be believed. Yeah, We will let you see it. It's it's not one of these kind of bongs you would see in one of these shops like that sell like big, massive dragon sculptures and crystal yeah. balls and stuff. So we had one in Blackpool um, when I was growing up on Central Drive. Anyone that knows anything about Blackpool, 
full of normal central drives, twin with a Gaza strip. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was very inconspicuously named weedcity.com. Yeah. <laughs> it, so subtlety clearly not the owner's um the owner's strong point. <laughs> I think they were gonna go with we we sell drugs.com, but that was already taken. Wow, quite. But there we go. So we've got a Shane Warren bong and some Daniel James scarf trouser things. Absolutely dreadful. Do you know what's not dreadful though, Dan? What isn't dreadful, Sam? Dogger Saints candles. Dogger Saints candles are not dreadful. They're... They are very, very good. Indeed. Unscented, granted, but it gives you the option to spray whatever flavour of deodorant around your house and light the candles. With a scented candle, Dan, you're stuck to whatever fragrance that candle is. With these, you're not. You can just light the candle and spray the room any scent you, you want. You're you pigeonholed by your, your likes of Yankee Candle, right? The These big, big candle merchants, right? You're pigeonholed by them. <laughs> you, whatever, they, whatever they tell you to smell, you smell it. Us, no. So if you want to smell um, rose petal or lavender... Or Lynx Africa or Oust. Lynx Africa, Oust. You know, the world's your oyster. Bovril, the world <laughs> is your oyster. There we go. And they do come in a cracking little presentation box. We're, ta- we're taking the piss a little bit, but they are really, really nice. They are. They're great. And as we say, all the money goes to Saints in the community. And I think there's nine sets left from our uh, initial run. But they are nice. They will come nice and packaged. So if you want to get one, get the order in quickly because we won't be doing any more of these. We'll maybe move on to some other kind of random merchandise. So if you've ever seen any merchandise, either team or player related, let us know. If you've spotted an Alan Preston biscuit tin or an Attila Sakeli Oglu branded Santa outfit, let us know, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. Both of them fine options. If you see them, let us know. Or maybe you've seen a gym late and orthodontic retainer. <laughs> you know what to do. All the usual channels. Get there. Please. <laughs> Get there, please. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get you a pint of lager, Dan? Oh, I'd love a pint of lager. How about a bag of crisps? Oh, cheese and onion for me, pal. Cheese and onion, a mighty fine choice. Let's take a seat and enjoy these beers and snacks. Look who it is, Dan. It's Giorgio Boyle. In case we, you can work that out, we were having a pint in the Royal there. It was very much a bit of role play there. We've got two players. Our inbox has been st- Stuffed full of St. Johnson spottings this week as pair. Yeah, absolutely big time. All the spottings, you're getting them into us. We love it. Keep it coming. Uh, so what have we got this week, Sam? Well, I will tell you. So the first sighting was by Lewis Candlish, who messaged us, who sent us a message on Facebook. Now, he spotted the same player twice in a week, Dan. Really? And not even in the same place. Two of the most random places you can probably imagine in the history of this feature. Ah, oh, this sounds good to me. Let me know more. St. Johnson Hall of Famer, Scottish Cup captain Dave Mackay was spotted on a Christmas training bonus wearing a Christmas hat and a Christmas jumper. <laughs> that's, that's embarrassing for him. <laughs> it really is. Imagine, imagine being in bonus. I know. I like a Christmas jumper. <laughs> but Lewis Candlish uh, says that he was obviously got like a, a festive train. They're pumping out the Christmas tunes and uh, he was sitting in the carriage and Dave Mackay comes in in all his festive finery and he got a bit starstruck, as you would. Who did Dave when he saw Lewis? That must be. That's how I read that anyway. And not less than one week later, he spotted Dave Mackay again. Was it on some uh, mode of transport? which had been spruced up in a festive manner. No, Sam, was it? It certainly was not. It was a trampoline centre in Glasgow. <laughs> uh, f- I don't know 
know why that's so funny. It's brilliant. Uh, flip out trampolines. We actually took our, our kids there for their birthday in February before everything shut down. It's brilliant. First, I didn't see any. I didn't see any St. Johnson players, but twice in a week, Dave Mackay. You've got a busy social life. That guy's got. Oh, must be absolutely. Uh, it's, it's rock and roll. It is. So Dave Mackay likes likes Christmas and he likes trampolines. Who doesn't like both them things, <laughs> baby? It's all good. I think that was two of the deciding factors that got him into the Hall of Fame, I reckon. Got over bed. Christmas is great, isn't it? Christmas. How good's Christmas? No wonder Coventry was selling Christmas birds in March. I don't blame them. Dave Mackay, if he was a Coventry fan, he would be kitted from head to toe. Every day's like Christmas Day, buddy. It is indeed. So our next spot, Dan, was sent in by two different people, spotted this guy in two different locations. Now, this player is Don McVicker, player which you'll probably know, unfortunately passed away in 2006 with motor neuron disease, but a great player for St. Johnson during the 80s and early 90s. Now, the first spot of Don McVicker was by Jim Scrimger, who spotted him in San Antonio, Ibiza, 1988. What a time that must have been. One of the guys in Jim's group had a Saints top on, so he came over, bought them all a drink, and then he went back to his party. He was there with his wife and a couple of friends. That's a nice thing to do. What a lovely story that is. It is indeed. And But you spotted closer to home. He was spotted in a chippy in Octorada. Good choice. It was Very a, good choice. And if you know Octorada, it was the bottom chippy. There's a couple. That's how it's described in Octorada as the bottom chippy. That was sent in by Graham Farker, and he was he got a bit flustered, went, you all right? And just went, yep, no bad, and then walked out. That was the interaction between the two of them. But Don McVicker likes Ibiza, and he likes chips. Don't we all? Again, tremendous choices. So, it's time to get Dan riled up and excited as he tells us how you can get your sightings into us. Dan. Sam, I've got to tell you, this is what I'm going to tell the people out there. What do you what, Have you seen Saints players? What have you seen them doing? You know to let us know by all the usual channels. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples. <laughs> have you ever seen Martin Hardy attending a concert by popular US crooner Barry Manilow? <laughs> have you? Let us know. Oh, alternatively, have you ever seen Derek McInnes standing outside Tyne Castle with a Nielsen outside? <laughs> nice. The shameless chancer. If you have, <laughs> you know what to do. You let us know. Brilliant. I seen Martin Hardy at a Kasabian gig at the Hydro. He was having a lovely time. He was sat right behind me. Did he mention that he'd ever been to see Barry Manilow? <laughs> he hadn't, but well, I, I, I never asked. That's where it went wrong. I didn't ask. I thought it would have come up organically, you know. If you ever bump into Martin Hardy, just go straight up to him and say, Sam and Dan want to know if you've ever been to a Barry Manlow gig. It seems like about a month since we had our last game, Dan, but we are back in action. Cup action, nonetheless, against Dundee on Saturday. We are back. We are back in action. Are we calling it a derby? Yeah. A Tayside derby. So, yeah, it'll be a very uh, interesting game, I'm sure. Against Dundee. Um, uh, so in the absence of any Saints game, I did actually think I'll do a bit of research for this and watched, um, watched Dundee against Dunfermline on Saturday night. And I thought it was going to be so funny. I just thought it was going to be really, really funny um, when they were two down in five minutes. But a good comeback from them. So they'll have a little bit of little bit of confidence going into it next week. But should beat them, shouldn't we? You'd like to think so. I think there's a massive gulf between the two divisions. I think whoever finishes second bottom of the table will absolutely try and whoever finishes second or third or fourth in the, the championship, no question. The one thing you can say about the championship, or the best appraisal of it, I should say, is the fact that Hearts, who are absolutely bogging, <laughs> are double figures clear. Yeah. They are dreadful. But that's by the by. Oh, it's a cup game, and it's a one-off, and as we say, it's a, it's a local... Local rivals, so 
yeah, it, it might be a bit of a different type of game, but I think Saints can just go into it and control the game. Two up top. Yeah, I'd go two. Uh, which two I'd go is a different matter because he might try and change it up a little bit. I'd, I'd go for them. I'd go Kane and Melamed. Speaking of Melamed, do you think he'll sign a new deal? Or do you think he'll be away? I think he's going, but um, that's just the way I see. I sort of see it. As soon as there's a little bit of interest from clubs down south, and at the end of the day, he can hold up. He knows he'll get. He knows he'll get a pay rise. Yeah. He knows, and it it is a big law for players to go and play. Rightly or wrongly, it's a big law for them to go and play in the football league, as opposed to the Scottish Premiership to go and play in League One. So we'll see what happens. Maybe now top six has been secured, and the planning can sort of go. You know, the planning for next season can really start. Maybe. I don't know. I'm. I, this is just a gut feeling I've got about it that I think he'll go. But we'll enjoy him while he's here. You'll be episode 149 of Doggers on Two. We'll be off to Israel. We will be. He'll. Yeah. I hope he stays and I hope he. I hope he has another season because mainly because I'd be a bit gutted to have had that sort of player, the type of player I really like, and not to have seen him in the flesh. Funnily enough, none of us have seen Sean Rooney in the flesh either. No, we haven't. Which is. Quite amazing. Somebody said that. Said nobody's ever seen Sean Rooney play like in person yet, which is unbelievable. To be fair, uh, hopefully he's not going anywhere either. Exactly right. But good match against Dundee. It's just a shame that the BBC hasn't picked it up for their coverage. Premier Sports was always going to go for the Rangers and Celtic games, guaranteed. No matter who they were playing, it was Rangers v Cove and are both Celtic. Well, no, Falkirk against Celtic. Falkirk and BBC. Uh, they get three games and they've went for Hibs. Aberdeen and Ross County Inverness. I get the Ross County Inverness thing. That's a that's a big tie, big Highland Derby. But Hibs and Aberdeen at Dumbarton and and Queen of the South respectively is they're not mouthwatering ties. I would have thought current League Cup holder St Johnson against local rivals Dundee would have been a good match or a good pick for the for the telly. It would have done. It would have been. But yeah, look, it's it's bad by it's it is disappointing because I think it will be a really good game. And as you say, it's a it's a derby game. Really good game for them to show. I think they'll probably be more disappointed after Dundee were involved in a very good game. I'll probably be thinking, oh, you know, what we're doing there. But hey, look, that's that's bad about I'm sure we'll we'll get access to it somehow. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident. I know I'm I know a few folk are saying it'll be a difficult tie, which it will be, but Saints just can do what they've been doing for weeks against premiership teams and just controlling the ball in midfield. Yeah. They don't need to go out and win three or four nil. You know, it's a cup game. The odd goal will do. As long as Saints come out on the right side, then I'm not particularly bothered. They're fifth favourites to win the whole yeah, thing. I'll be honest with you. I would be very, very surprised if we go for a season where both domestic cups are won by teams that aren't Rangers or Celtic. Yeah. Who are obviously the two favourites for it. But as, as I keep saying, the one-off game, Celtic could, it could easily open up because the way Celtic have been all season, they could be. They could go out early doors. And just like the League Cup, one result like St. Mirren knocking them out of the League Cup. It could happen. Who knows? Also, saying this could probably be, might be a little bit of an idea for Saints to, you know, knock one of them out themselves. The two cup wins managed to avoid either of them. So, yeah. If we don't play an old firm team in a cup competition, we generally go on and win it. Was it? Who was it? Was it Hibs? Not both. It was. It was Hibs that knocked both of them out. And then lost to Livy in the final. <laughs> Got the, league, the most hips thing ever. Done the hard work. Done the hard work. Lost to Livy at Hampden. Brilliant. 
Then don't know what that's like. No, we won't know what that's like. So we've got to the end of another episode, Dan. We have. We've got there. We've got a, we've got a few bits and pieces to to talk about and wrap up in our wee closing section. First point we'll make is our our two campaigns we've got on the go currently the the teal and magenta campaign. Keep on sharing and liking the posts and get the get the word out there that we want to see a teal magenta kit of some sort for its twenty fifth anniversary yeah, next season. We're not giving up on this. No. Absolutely not giving up on it. And it's been great this week uh, to see so many people getting so on board with it. Uh, it's been just all over social media. As soon as the episode came out last Monday and then in sort of the days following, just felt really getting involved. And we love that. I love people just sort of getting getting engaged with what we're doing and getting involved. So brilliant. Keep it going. Yeah, please do. And if you do have that kit, send us a picture and because we're going to make a big montage and a big collage of them all. So please get the pictures of you either wearing or holding the teal magenta. Philip Scott, on the other hand, he got involved. He did get involved. He dug out his teal magenta uh, and he got he got it on, sent us a picture in. And we're saying, we want a montage. Can it be like the Rocky Four montage? Yes. <laughs> Can I be Drago? <laughs> No, you can be his wife. Was that Bridget Bardot? Bridget Nielsen, Bridget not Bridget Bardot. <laughs> <laughs> was it Bridget Jones? Bridget Bardot. A wee Twitter poll for, for fans of the 80s. We're not a fan of the 80s. We're a fan of the 90s. But We're a fan of the 90s. We make an exception for Rocky films. That's it. Rocky 4 was the best Rocky. Well, Rocky 1 was the best film and literally won the Oscar. But did it have the robot? No. <laughs> Did it have Rocky running up a mountain and going, Drago? No. No. <laughs> Did it have Apollo coming into the ring to living in America? No, it didn't. So therefore, Rocky 4. I need to stop thinking about Rocky films. Come on, football. Football, yeah. So we might do a Twitter poll. Who's What was your favourite Rocky film or who's your favourite Bridget? <laughs> Bridget Bardo. <laughs> We're going to go for <laughs> Bardo, Nielsen or Jones. I can't think of any other Bridgets. Our second campaign and longest running campaign is to get Nick Dazovich into the St. Johnson Hall of Fame. Now, we've got some big news on this one, Dan. Tell me more, Sam. I contacted the club to to see what the process is to get a player nominated or in. And one of the directors got back in touch to say that it's always been, except the first ever Hall of Fame, it's been a fan vote. So if we can get enough votes for a certain player, then it'll certainly be considered so... We've got some big news coming on this next week as we're ramping up our Nick Dazovich campaign. We'll get some news uh, how to get involved and I know you good listeners will do as you're always interacting and uh, letting us know what you think of the podcast and stuff like that. So we'll be back with some big Nick Dazovich Hall of Fame campaign news next week. And just to say, as we said earlier on, we're down to single figures with our mugs. So if you want to get hold of one, let us know ASAP and we'll put one aside for you and we'll get it delivered to you as soon as possible. We've still got nine candle sets left as well. If you want to get hold of them, message us as well. We are going to make another order of mugs. So if you want one of them, let us know as well and we'll put you on the list. Or as soon as they arrive, we'll get them out to you as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, once again, just thanks to everyone for, for helping us out so much with that. It's been fantastic to see the reaction. They're a nice bit of kit, aren't they? Oh, they're lovely mugs, yeah. Lovely. So, um, no, it's great. And so many folks sending in pictures and whatnot. Uh, so, yeah, so just get get hold of us if you want one. We'll add, if you're quick enough, you'll get one of the sort of few that we've got remaining or we'll add you to the list. When people have been ordering the mugs, they've been saying nice things about the podcast, keep up the great work. There was one guy actually concerned that we might burn out by doing it weekly, which was a nice, nice bit of concern from him. Was there? There was. He went, I'm just worried that you might burn out from doing a weekly podcast. 
but no, we are fighting fit. The only person that's slightly concerned about this whole event is my my good lady Lynn, who she thinks I'm slacking when it comes around the house now with all the mug orders and stuff. So I actually managed to record her uh, this week having a bit of a rant. Do you think if I put an order in through your website, I would get a fast, efficient service on the dishes? Like when people order a mug, honestly, you're through there like a bloody whippet, boxing and packaging them up. But you've not done the dishes all week, so maybe I need to go in there to get a fast, efficient service. Yeah, I'm, I'm on dinner duties tonight, Dan, I think. <laughs> you're in the dugout. I mean, yeah, probably should say here another massive, massive thank you to Lynn, as ever, um, who I know has been helping you out with the packaging and stuff for the, for the mugs all week and helping us get them out there. So I'm just thanks to Lynn for pretty much everything she does for this podcast. Yeah, here, here. She's, um, she's been very helpful. Uh, she knows what she's doing when it comes to, to media and computers and things. So she's been a, a massive help with that. We've got a couple of mentions as well. We have to say happy birthday to Melissa Christie, who turned 18 on Thursday last week. It's her second birthday in lockdown, which is an absolute sin for that age as well. You'd be for your, yeah, I know, for your 18th, is, that is brutal. So happy birthday, Melissa. I hope you can make the best of it. You can make up for it when, when we're all back to normal. The second one is we've got, got a lovely message in, which was sent to top mug deliverer, Sandra Miller, a.k.a. Mo, from uh, Mark Lundberg, who recently lost his father. Um, but he, I'll, I'll read the message out. It was lovely. It said, I just wanted to drop a note. And if you can pass this on to Sam, the last couple of weeks have been probably been the toughest of my life. But what has brought some light relief is tuning into Sam's podcast. The guest and chat has been top rate. Dad was such a big Saints fan and listening to it was brought back some good memories. I know Dad would have enjoyed it as much as I do. Can't wait for the future episodes and hopefully catch up with you soon. What a bloody lovely thing to hear. Nice one. Dan's crying. Cheers. <laughs> Uh, no, it was honestly, um, you know, um, when your mum forwarded that message on to us, um, we've had so many nice messages, we've had so many people say so many nice things to us, and we appreciate it all, but that one was very, I mean, I'm what's it, I'm soft as anything anyway, but yeah, that, that meant an awful lot, and um, yeah, best wishes got to my lovely fella, I'm really glad that, because what, well, I mean, what, shit time must be going through so absolutely all our best to mark and hope hopefully keep enjoying the podcast buddy good stuff and we'll finish off with a congratulations to st johnston women's captain jay greenshields who gave birth to a little baby girl last week lola so congratulations to her and i hope she's getting some level of sleep in it does get easier um i'll just have to take your word for it <laughs> i get a full night's sleep because you know i'm childless so that's and I'm okay with it. But no, massive congratulations uh, to Jade and all the very best for her and Lola and the family. Lovely stuff. And that is it for another week. Next week, we have got Liam Craig on. We've got our update on our Nick Dazvich campaign. We'll be reviewing the Dundee game and all our usual nonsense as well. We'll see you then. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. And bye-bye. Get there, please. Get there, please. <laughs> Thank you.